Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse with the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also on that web page, there's a tab entitled Lesson Sign-Up. And there you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email containing both the reading for the day and the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 8, The Journey Back, with Section 5, The Light of the World. We're also mindful of our review lesson today, Review Lesson 80, covering Lesson 79, Let Me Recognize the Problem So It Can Be Solved, and Lesson 80, Let Me Recognize My Problems Have Been Solved. And by way of opening this morning, I turn to Ellen Shuckman's book, The Gifts of God, where she offers us this beautiful poem called The Call of Christ. We have a real relationship, the Christ and I. He shines on me from every face and every flower brings his grace. I call to him when I forget and he remembers and will let me have his thoughts instead of mine. And in his face I see the sign of resurrection and release of perfect holiness and peace. All that I see in him I see with equal certainty in me. He lives in our relationship, and so do I. Jesus, I love that poem. Thanks for letting me bring it this morning. Oh, thanks for that. Loved it. Thank you. Thanks, Lord. Perfect for the day. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Robin Marie, Ida, and Reverend Rachel. We're joined in listening this morning by Judy. Who else um, would, has joined us would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning, Lori. I can read today. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Lana. And today, here, Karen? Yes, good morning. I can be. Good morning. Uh, one second. I need to open the door. Pardon me. I beg your pardon for that interruption. Okay, so I'll add Lana and Karen to our reading list. And here we go. Chapter 8, The Journey Back, Section 5, The Light of the World. Beginning with paragraph 25. If God's will for you is complete peace and joy, unless you experience only this, you must be refusing to acknowledge His will. His will does not vacillate, being changeless forever. When you are not at peace, it can only be because you do not believe you are in him. 
Yet he is all in all. His peace is complete and you must be included in it. His laws govern you because they govern everything. You cannot exempt yourself from his laws, although you can disobey them. Yet if you do, and only if you do, you will feel lonely and helpless because you are denying yourself everything. Now, Lemoyne. Um, chapter 8, Journey Back, Section 5, The Light of the World. If God's will for you is complete peace and joy, unless you experience only this, you must be refusing to acknowledge his will. His will does not vacillate, being changeless forever. When you are not at peace, it can only be because you do not believe you are in him. Yet he is all in all. His peace is complete and you must be included in it. His laws govern you because they govern everything. You cannot exempt yourself from his laws, although you can disobey them. Yet if you do, and only if you do, you will feel lonely and helpless because you are denying yourself everything. I am come as a light into a world that does deny itself everything. It does this simply by dissociating itself from everything. It is therefore an illusion of isolation maintained by fear of the same loneliness which is its illusion. I have told you that I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That is why I am the light of the world. If I am with you in the loneliness of the world, the loneliness is gone. You cannot maintain the illusion of loneliness if you are not alone. My purpose, then, is to overcome the world. I do not attack it, but my light must dispel it because of what it is. Thank you, LeMoyne. I'm Fran. Paragraph 26. I am come as a light into the world that does deny itself everything. It does this simply by dissociating itself from everything. It is therefore an illusion of isolation maintained by fear of the same loneliness, which is its illusion. I have told you that I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That is why I am the light of the world. If I am with you in the loneliness of the world, the loneliness is gone. You cannot maintain the, the illusion of loneliness if you are not alone. My purpose then is to overcome the world. I do not attack it, but my light must dispel it because of what it is. 27. Light does not attack darkness, but it does shine it away. If my light goes with you everywhere, 
you shine it away with me. The light becomes ours, and you cannot abide in darkness any more than darkness can abide wherever you go. The remembrance of me is the remembrance of yourself and of him who sent me to you. You were in darkness until God's will was done completely by any part of the sonship. When this was done, it was perfectly accomplished by all. How else could it be perfectly accomplished? My mission was simply to unite the will of the sonship with the will of the Father by being aware of the Father's will myself. This is the awareness I came to give you, and your problem in accepting it is the problem of this world. Dispelling it is salvation, and in this sense, I am the salvation of the world. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Twenty-seven. Light does not attack darkness, but it does shine it away. If my light goes with you everywhere, you shine it away with me. The light becomes ours, and you cannot abide in darkness any more than darkness can abide wherever you go. The remembrance of me is the remembrance of yourself and of him who sent me to you. You were in darkness until God's will was done completely by any part of the sonship. When this was done, it was perfectly accomplished by all. How else could it be perfectly accomplished? My mission was simply to unite the will of the sonship with the will of the Father by being aware of the Father's will myself. This is the awareness I came to give you. And your problem in accepting it is the problem of this world. Dispelling it is salvation, and in this sense, I am the salvation of the world. 28. The world must despise and reject me because the world is the belief that love is impossible. Your reactions to me are the reactions of the world to God. If you will accept the fact that I am with you, you are denying the world and accepting God. My will is his, and your will to hear me is the decision to hear his voice and abide in his will. As God sent me to you, so will I send you to others, and I will go with them with... As God sent me to you, So will I send you to others, and I will go to them with you, so we can teach them union and peace. Thank you, Robin Marie and Ida. 28. The world must despise and reject me, because the world is the belief that love is impossible. Your reactions to me are the reactions of the world to God. If you will accept the fact that I am with you, you are denying the world and accepting God. My will is his, and your will to hear me is the decision to hear his voice and abide in his will. As God sent me to you, so will I send you to others, and I will go to them with you so we can teach them union and peace. 29. 
Do you not think the world needs peace as much as you do? Do you not want to give it to the world as much as you want to receive it? For unless you do, you will not receive it. If you will to have it of me, you must give it. Rehabilitation does not come from anyone else. You can have guidance from without, but you must accept it from within. The guidance must become what you want, or it will be meaningless to you. That is why rehabilitation is a collaborative venture. Thank you, Ida. And do we have a new reader then for paragraph 29 and 30? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. Okay, we'll do Sandra, Sandra, Lana, and then Judy. Thanks. All right. Do you not think the world needs peace as much as you do? Do you not want to give it to the world as much as you want to receive it? For unless you do, you will not receive it. If you will to have it of me, you must give it. Rehabilitation does not come from anyone else. You can have guidance from without, but you must accept it from within. The guidance must become what you want, or it will be meaningless to you. That is why rehabilitation is a collaborative venture. 30. I can tell you what to do, but this will not help you unless you collaborate by believing that I know what to do. Only then will your mind choose to follow me. Without your will, you cannot be rehabilitated. Motivation to be healed is the crucial factor in rehabilitation. Without this, you are deciding against healing, and your veto of my will for you makes healing impossible. If healing is our joint will, unless our wills are joined, you cannot be healed. This is obvious when you consider what healing is for. Healing is the way in which the separation is overcome. Separation is overcome by union. It cannot be overcome by separating. Okay, 30, this is Lana. I can tell you what to do, but this will not help you unless you collaborate by believing that I know what to do. Only then will will your mind choose to follow me. Without your will, you cannot be rehabilitated. Motivation to be healed is the crucial factor in rehabilitation. Without this, you are deciding against healing, and your veto of my will for you makes healing impossible. If healing is our joint will, unless our wills are joined, you cannot be healed. This is obvious when you consider what healing is for. Healing is the way in which the separation is overcome. 
Separation is overcome by union. It cannot be overcome by separating. 31. The will to unite must be unequivocal, or the will itself is divided and not whole. Your will is the means by which you determine your own condition, because will is the mechanism of decision. It is the power by which you separate or join and experience pain or joy accordingly. My will cannot overcome yours because yours is as powerful as mine. If it were not so, the sons of God would be unequal. All things are possible through our joint will, but my will alone cannot help you. You, Your will is as free as mine, and God himself would not go against it. I cannot will what God does not will. I can offer you my will to make yours invincible by the sharing, but I cannot oppose yours without competing with it and thereby violating God's will for you. Thank you, Lana. And I'm sorry, you guys, I I can't read my own writing this morning. <laughs> so if we do Judy next and then Karen. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lori. The will to unite must be unequivocal, or the will itself is divided or not whole. Your will is the means by which you determine your own condition, because will is the mechanism of decision. It is the power by which you separate or join and experience pain or joy accordingly. My will cannot overcome yours because yours is as powerful as mine. If it were not so, the sons of God would be unequal. All things are possible through our joint will, but my will alone cannot help you. Your will is as free as mine, and God himself would not go against it. I cannot will what God does not will. I can offer you my will to make yours invincible by this sharing. But I cannot oppose yours without competing with it and thereby violating God's will for you. Nothing God created can oppose your will as nothing God created can oppose his. God gave your will its power, which I can only acknowledge in honor of his. If you want to be like me, I will help you, knowing that we are alike. If you want to be different, I will wait until you change your mind. I can teach you, but only you can choose to listen to my teaching. How else can it be if God's kingdom is freedom? Freedom cannot be learned by tyranny 
of any kind and the perfect equality of all God's sons cannot be recognized through the dominion of one will over another. God's sons are equal in will, all being the will of their Father. This is the only lesson I came to teach, knowing that it is true. This is the only lesson I came to teach, knowing that it is true. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And Karen. 32. Nothing God created can oppose your will, as nothing God created can oppose his. God gave your will its power, which I can only acknowledge in honor of his. If you want to be like me, I will help you, knowing that we are alike. If you want to be different, I will wait until you change your mind. I can teach you, but only you can choose to listen to my teaching. How else can it be if God's kingdom is freedom? Freedom cannot be learned by tyranny of any kind. And the perfect equality of all God's sons cannot be recognized through the dominion of one will over another. God's sons are equal in will, all being the will of their father. This is the only lesson I came to teach, knowing that it is true. 33. When your will is not mine, it is not our father's. This means that you have imprisoned yours and not let it be free. Of yourselves, you can do nothing, because of yourselves, you are nothing. I am nothing without the Father, and you are nothing without me. Because by denying the Father, you deny yourself. I will always remember you, and in my remembrance of you lies your remembrance of yourself. In our remembrance of each other lies our remembrance of God, and in this remembrance lies your freedom, because your freedom is in him. Join then with me in praise of him and you whom he created. This is our gift of gratitude to him, which he will share with all his creations to whom he gives equally whatever is acceptable to him. Because it is acceptable to him, it is the gift of freedom, which is his will for all his sons. By offering freedom, you will be free. Thank you, Karen. And Reverend Risha. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, 33. When your will is not mine, it is not our Father's. This means that you have imprisoned yours and have not let it be free. Of yourselves you can do nothing. Because of, your, because of yourselves, you are nothing. 
I am nothing without the Father, and you are nothing without me. Because by denying the Father, you deny yourself. I will always remember you. And in my remembrance of you lies your remembrance of yourself. In our remembrance of each other lies our remembrance of God. And in this remembrance lies your freedom, because your freedom is in him. Join then with me in praise of him and you whom he created. This is our gift of gratitude to him, which he will share with all his creations, to whom he gives equally whatever is acceptable to him. Because it is acceptable to him, it is the gift of freedom, which is his will for all his sons. By offering freedom, you will be free. 34. Freedom is the only gift you can offer to the God's sons, being an acknowledgement of what they are and what he is. Freedom is creation because it is love. What you seek to imprison, you do not love. Therefore, when you seek to imprison anyone, including yourself, you do not love him and you cannot identify with him. When you imprison yourself, you are losing sight of your true identification with me and with the Father. Your identification is with the Father and with the Son. It cannot be with one and not the other. If you are part of one, you must be part of the other because they are one. Thank you, Reverend Rita. And would there be a new reader for 34 and 35? Thirty-four and thirty-five. And back to you, Lemoyne. Freedom is the only gift you can offer to God's sons, being an acknowledgement of what they are and what He is. Freedom is creation because it is love. What you seek to imprison, you do not love. Therefore, when you seek to imprison anyone, including yourself, you do not love him, and you cannot identify with him. When you imprison yourself, you are losing sight of your true identification because you cannot identify with me and with the Father. Your identification is with the Father and with the Son. It cannot be with one and not the other. If you are part of one, you must be part of the other because they are one. The Holy Trinity is holy because it is one. If you exclude yourself from this union, you are perceiving the Holy Trinity as separated. You must be included in it because it is everything. Unless you take your place in it and fulfill your function as part of it, it is as, it is as bereft as you are. No part of it can be imprisoned if its truth can be known. I didn't read that right. 
I'm going to go back a little bit. Unless you take your place in it, the Holy Trinity, and fulfill your function as part of it, it is bereft, it is as bereft as you are. No part of it can be imprisoned if its truth is to be known. Can you be separated from your identification and be at peace? Dissociation is not a solution. It is a delusion. The delusional believe that truth will assail them, and so they do not see it because they prefer the delusion. Judging truth as something they do not want, they perceive deception and block knowledge. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 35. The Holy Trinity is holy because it is one. If you exclude yourself from this union, you are perceiving the Holy Trinity as separated. You must be included in it because it is everything. Unless you take your place in it and fulfill your function as part of it, it is as bereft as you are. No part of it can be imprisoned if its truth is to be known. Can you be separated from your identification and be at peace? Dissociation is not a solution. It is a delusion. The delusional believe that truth will assail them, and so they do not see it because they prefer the delusion. Judging truth is something they do not want. They perceive deception and block knowledge. 36. Help them by offering them your united will on their behalf, as I am offering you mine on yours. Alone, we can do nothing. But together, our wills fuse into something whose power is far beyond the power of its separated parts. By not being separate, the will of God is established in ours and as ours. This will is invincible because it is undivided. The undivided will of the sonship is the perfect creator being holy in the likeness of God whose will it is. You cannot be exempt from it if you are to understand what it is and what you are. By separating your will from mine, you are exempting yourself from the will of God which is yourself. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Thirty-six. Help them by offering them your unified will on their behalf, as I am offering you mine on yours. Alone, we can do nothing, but together our wills fuse into something whose power is far beyond the power of its separate parts. By not being separate, the will of God is established in ours and as ours. This will is invincible because it is undivided. The undivided will of the sonship is the perfect creator, being holy in the likeness of God, whose will it is. You cannot be exempt from it if you are to understand what it is and what you are. By separating your will from mine, 
you are exempting yourself from the will of God, which is yourself. 37. Yet to heal is still to make whole. Therefore, to heal is to unite with those who are like you, because perceiving this likeness is to recognize the Father. If your perfection is in him and only in him, how can you know it without recognizing him? The recognition of God is the recognition of yourself. There is no separation of God and his creation. You will learn this as you learn that there is no separation of your will and mine. Let the love of God shine upon you by your acceptance of me. My reality is yours and his. By joining your will with mine, you are signifying your awareness that the will of God is one. Thank you, Robin Marie and Ida. 37. Yet to heal is still to make whole. Therefore, to heal is to unite with those who are like you because perceiving this likeness is to recognize the Father. If your perfection is in him and only in him, how can you know it without recognizing him? The recognition of God is the recognition of yourself. There is no separation of God and his creation. You will learn this as you learn that there is no separation of your will and mine. Let the love of God shine upon you by your acceptance of me. My reality is yours and his. By joining your will with mine, you are signifying your awareness that the will of God is one. 38. God's oneness and ours are not separate because his oneness encompasses ours. To join with me is to restore his power to you because we are sharing it. I offer you only the recognition of his power in you. But in that lies all truth. As we unite, we unite with him. Glory be to the union of God and his holy sons. All glory lies in them because they are united. The miracles we do bear witness to the will of the Father for his Son and to our joy in uniting with his will for us. Thank you, Ida and Sandra. Um, let's see, God's oneness, let's see, nope, that's the wrong, oh, yeah, that's the right one. God's oneness and ours are not separate because his oneness encompasses ours. To join with me is to restore his power to you because we are sharing it. I offer you only the recognition of his power in you, but in that lies all truth. As we unite, we unite with him. Glory be to the union of God and his holy sons. All glory lies in them, because they are united. The miracles we do bear witness to, the will the miracles we do bear witness to the will of the Father for his Son, and to our joy in uniting with his will for us. thirty nine. When you unite with me, you are uniting without the ego because I have renounced the ego in myself and therefore cannot unite with yours. 
our union is therefore the way to renounce the ego in yourself. The truth is, is the truth in both of us is beyond the ego. By willing that you have gone by willing that you have gone beyond it towards truth. Our success in transcending the ego is guaranteed by God, and I can share my perfect confidence in his promise because I know he gave me. This confidence for both of us and all of us, I bring God's peace back to all, his children, because I received it of him for us all. Nothing can prevail against our united wills because nothing can prevail against God's. Would you know the will of God for you? Ask it of me who knows it for you, and you will find it. I will deny you nothing as God denies me nothing. Thank you, Sandra. And Lana. Okay. 39. When you unite with me, you are uniting without the ego because I have renounced the ego in myself and therefore cannot unite with yours. Our union is, therefore, the way to renounce the ego in yourself. The truth in both of us is beyond the ego. By willing that, you have gone beyond it toward truth. Our success in transcending the ego is guaranteed by God. And I can share my perfect confidence in his promise because I know he gave me the confidence for both of us and all of us. I bring God's peace back to all his children because I received it of him for us all. Nothing can prevail against our united wills because nothing can prevail against God's. Would you know the will of God for you? Ask it of me who knows it for you, and you will find it. I will deny you nothing, as God denies me nothing. 40. Ours is simply the journey back to God, who is our home. Whenever fear intrudes anywhere along the road to peace, it is always because the ego has attempted to join the journey with us and cannot do so. Sensing, the, sensing defeat and angered by it, the ego regards itself as rejected and becomes retaliative. You are invulnerable to its retaliation because I am with you. On this journey, you have chosen me as your companion instead of the ego. Do not try to hold on to both, or you will try to go in different directions and will lose the way. Thank you, Lana. And Judy. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lori. Ours is simply the journey back to God. Who is our home? Whenever fear intrudes anywhere along the road to peace, 
it is always because the ego has attempted to join the journey with us and cannot do so. Sensing defeat and angered by it, the ego regards itself as rejected and becomes retaliative. You are invulnerable to its retaliation because I am with you. On this journey, you have chosen me as your companion instead of the ego. Do not try to hold on to both or you will try to go in different directions and will lose the way. The ego's way is not mine, but it is also not yours. The Holy Spirit has one direction for all minds, and the one he taught me is yours. Let us not Lose the sight of his direction through illusions, for only illusions of another direction can obscure the one for which God's voice speaks in all of us. Never accord the ego the power to interfere with the journey because it has none. And the journey is the way to what is true. Leave all deception behind. Leave all deception behind and teach beyond, beyond all attempts of the ego to hold you back. I go before you because I am beyond the ego. Reach therefore for my hand because you want to transcend the ego. My will will never be wanting. And if you want to share it, you will. I give it willingly and gladly because I need you as much as you need me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Judy. And Karen. 41. The ego's way is not mine, but it is also not yours. The Holy Spirit has one direction for all minds, and the one he taught me is yours. Let us not lose sight of his direction through illusions, for only illusions of another direction can obscure the one for which God voice speaks in all of us. Never accord the ego the power to interfere with the journey because it has none and the journey is the way to what is true. Leave all deception behind and reach beyond all attempts of the ego to hold you back. I go before you because I am beyond the ego. Reach, therefore, for my hand, because you want to transcend the ego. My will will never be wanting, and if you want to share it, you will. I give it willingly and gladly, because I need you as much as you need me. Thank you, Karen. 
And thank you everyone who read this morning. Um, a beautiful explanation of why our, our problems are solved. And so, um, with that in mind, let's take our holy pause um, to let Fran lead us in our lesson reflection today. Thanks, Fran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we're at the end of Review 2, Lesson 90, and it is the review of Lesson 79 and Lesson 80. So I'll read a paragraph from the introduction, my favorite one. (laughs) There is a message waiting for you. Be confident that you will receive it. Remember that it belongs to you and that you want it. Do not allow your intent to waver in the face of distracting thoughts. Realize that whatever form such thoughts may take, they have no meaning and no power. Replace them with your determination to succeed. Do not forget that your will has power over all fantasies and dreams. Trust it to see you through and carry you beyond them all. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 90, review of lesson 79. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. Let me realize today that the problem is always some form of grievance which I would cherish. Let me also understand that the solution is always a miracle with which I let the grievance be replaced. The problem is a grievance. The solution is a miracle. Specific applications of this idea might be in these forms. This presents a problem to me which I would have resolved. The miracle behind this grievance will resolve it for me. The answer to this problem is the miracle which it conceals. Now we'll do lesson, the review of Lesson 80. Let me recognize my problems have been solved. I seem to have problems only because I am misusing time. I do not yet realize that God has placed the answer together with the problem so that they cannot be separated by time. The Holy Spirit will teach me this if I will let him, and I will understand it is impossible that I could have a problem which has not been solved already. These forms of the idea will be useful for specific applications. I need not wait for this to be resolved. The answer to this problem is already given me if I will accept it. Time cannot separate this problem from its solution. We'll take a moment and reflect on these. Lesson 79. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. Lesson 80. Let me recognize my problems have been solved.
Today, I would remember the simplicity of salvation by reinforcing the lesson that there is one problem and one solution. The problem is a grievance. The solution is a miracle. Lesson 79. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. Lesson 80. Let me recognize my problems have been solved. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. That was lovely. Well done. Thank Thank you, you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. It's uh, Yogi Chris here with the intention of only to be truly helpful and to remain in the solution within me as I listen. Morning, Chris. Thank you. Hi there, Yogi Chris. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, let me recognize the problem so I can recognize it's been solved. Um, this is so beautiful and on point with the reading today because the reading is telling me that I can be free of the ego. I can be released from the ego by joining the Jesus by holding Jesus' hand, by being nothing. I am nothing. Um, Let me remember, I am nothing, so you can fill me, Lord, of myself. I am nothing. Um, So I have this big ego wound. It's an inner child wound, you know. I'm invisible. I always go last. I always get pushed to the end. I always become invisible. So when we're signing in today, I said hello before Lana, but Lori acknowledged Lana before me. And then when we went through the list, um, the list was changed. And Judy and uh, Sandra read before me, before Lana or with Lana, and then I was last. And so the whole time I'm just saying, Jesus, I am one with you. I am not the ego. I am not this ego. I hate this ego part, honestly. I I hate this part that makes me feel so like a little crying child inside. I know it's not true. I am the I am not this false identification of my ego. I know it's not true, but it sure feels mighty powerful. It sure feels like a big pain in the ass, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, please help me take this, shine this away. I know this isn't real. I read how many times? Maybe 10 times today because every time someone else read, I was reading because I'm in each and every one of those people. And I'm in Jesus and Jesus is in me and Jesus is in them. So again, it's just we're all reading together as one. How many times? And yet there's still this ego, emotional garbage inside of me. That feels, this this part of me that feels separate and emotionally painful. And um, anyway, I'm sharing it because I don't believe in it. I just want it to be purified and released. And I don't know how to 
make it happen any faster because it's kind of like every time we come back to this place, that place still hurts. So I don't know if I'm missing something, but that doesn't matter to me. I'm just grateful for the course because I know it's not real. Even if it's still here, it's not real. Um, let me recognize the power, the problem. Um, let me recognize that the problem has already been solved. The problem was never real to begin with. But, you know, the child mind um, created this thought form and then believed in it for a lifetime and defended it and amplified it emotionally a thousand billion times. So this is the purification of falsehood. I'm complete. Yes, it is. And I'm so grateful you jumped into that with both feet. Thank you, Karen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Karen. Yes, thank you, Karen. I can relate to that so much um, when I'm at preschool because I am working with people who are in their 20s and early 30s, and I am 76. And they have a lot to talk about. And I'll be watching 12 kids, and they'll be over there talking. And I have to realize that, you know, the love that they're sharing together is my love for them also. And sometimes I feel like, man, I sure would like to be included and have someone else look at these kids. And so I totally understand that. And I am glad that you brought it up because I am working with the same thing. I'm like, okay, the boss and two people are laughing and I'm over here watching the kids. That's wonderful. And just keep putting that kind of energy out on them because they need that. And anyway, thanks for letting me share. <laughs> no, thank, thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thanks, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I caught a little. I caught just a little bit of late coming on, but. I can still relate uh, to the struggle with this uh, ego, and I feel exactly the same way. And I've said the exact same words to the Lord, asking Jesus to please remove this from me or help me in some way because I hate uh, I hate the way that that I feel in having to deal with this ego. Uh, just, uh, it seems so real at times, so much. Uh, it just takes over in my mind when I know it's not real, but it's, it's like uh, I was even asking myself yesterday, um, how is it that this ego can feel so powerful? Is it alive? I was asking myself that yesterday. Tried to, I said, well, maybe I need to really understand, and I know that uh, the Course in Miracles is helping me to understand, but I need to maybe get get to know how this ego is, it, it feels so real and so alive, like it has to, it has to hold on uh, and, and, and don't want to let go. Um, what is that? And this, these were the questions I was 
asking myself yesterday, and uh, so I can so relate to that because I hate having to, it just always feels like a battle to me, uh, an internal battle, uh, but um, I, I know it's going to take time to have a change of mind uh, and, and to understand that it's not real, so, but it's going to take a little time for that, thanks. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate your sharing this morning. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Good morning, Susanna. Um, uh, does everybody finish your thank yous? Don't want to interrupt. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, what help? I love this, this section. Um, I, I wrote down just a few words that are sprinkled all through it. I probably missed some other ones, but where it's like joining, unified, undivided, joint venture, collaboration, oneness. You know, and um, he, Jesus so beautifully touches on how important that is. I mean, of course, the love really dives into it. You know, it talks about relationship and unity. And um, but he does such a masterful job. What helped me was the be- when I first started doing this course, I got really into um, the early lessons and the mind. And when Jesus uh, tells me that I am a thought in the mind of God, I reside in the mind of God. That's where I live eternally. A recognition came that um, I can't have a separate mind, separate from God's. The only mind there is, is God's. So what I call my thoughts and my thinking mind, that does not exist. The only thoughts I can have, because I'm a thought in the mind of God, is God's thoughts. So all this thinking I'm doing... All this thinking I'm doing is, uh, you know, part of the big illusion of the ego. And um, I don't, I mean, I can try to discern the thoughts of God, but the, the litmus test for me is peace and love. If I'm having thoughts of true thoughts of God, they're delivered to me. And whether I'm conscious of them or not, I identify them as this is a loving thought. Loving thoughts extend out. I am a thought in the mind of God. It is God that is extending this thought. So when I think I'm out here in dreamland having thoughts of my own, you know, it's not, I, they're not my thoughts. I'm the one that's listening to them and observing them. So that really helps me not to be frightened by them. You know, so all through this, this, um, this section, um, he's reminded me that the problem is just a misidentification of self. You know, I lose myself in these imaginary thoughts and I forget I'm one with God. And Jesus says the way back home is just to join him because he knows all this. And he, he is, we are one, we are unified. And the only time... I get upset is when I think I have an existence or a mind that's separate from God. So I just have to remind myself, you know, okay, Jesus, here I am. I'm coming home again. I took this trip 
in time and space, and I want to come home to peace and love again. Show me the truth of this for anything that shows up. You know, it's just a misidentification of self. And when that happens, I can feel lost. I can feel alone. Um, I can feel isolated and even a hopelessness. You know, even with today's lessons, um, that hopelessness that sets in. What happens for me is if I think I have a problem, the ego will try to solve it. He'll try to understand it. He'll try to fix it. But the only problem I really have is thinking I have a problem. And when the ego goes to look for this imag- a solution for this imaginary, imaginary uh, problem, the only point of reference the ego has is the past. That's the only place it has to look. So if I'm aligned with the ego thought system, that imaginary one that doesn't exist, it is a seek and do not find because if I don't, if the ego looks for, um, if I misidentified myself as an ego and it's looking in the past to find a solution and one's not there, it assumes one doesn't exist and hopelessness can set in. But what I've forgotten because I think of an ego, I don't remember who I am, is I am one with the infinite mind of God. Uh, there, it, even if problems existed, um, you know, it's like the super Google of the universe. I can ask it anything. You know, I can, <laughs> I can ask, show me the truth of this. And then stop thinking, because that's not getting me anywhere. When I stop thinking and come back to stillness, or just realize, okay, I've asked Holy Spirit, what is the truth of this? I'll wait for the answer. I'm not going to go back to the thinking mind. I'm going to go back about my day. I'm going to cook something or write something or paint something or read something. I'm not going back to the problem. And then I've shared before, one or two things usually happens. Either the problem or what I've defined as a problem shows up as meaningless. And I think, well, what the hell was I so upset about? Or some solution shows up in an unimagined way because it's unimagined because it's not coming from my past. There's a freshness and a newness, and it's like, well, why didn't I think of that? It's so obvious. Um, And the problem just dissolves within that, either through my recognition that that what I thought was a problem doesn't really mean anything, or through a solution that's just delivered to my mind that I played no part in. And, um, and I love that. And the reason I um, even picked up A Course in Love and bought it, uh, well, the reason I bought it was because I opened it up to a random page, and on that page there was the sentence, your first experience of unity will come from the thoughts you do not think. And that's, uh, you know, in my writing, that's how I describe answers from God and Holy Spirit. It's not a thinking process. It comes to the thoughts I do not think. They're delivered into my mind, and I recognize them as the answer. So um, I'm a big fan of unity. I'm a big fan of remembering that I'm not separate and alone, and um, all I need to have to do is join Jesus. He's given me this invitation in this, um, uh, in this section. You know, I don't have to worry... Jesus will do it for me. And I ask him a lot of times, especially because my ego most of the time shows up in a body adventure. 
<laughs> and I said, Jesus, I, I don't know anything. You're going to have to do this for me. And, and he always does. You know, but the the mag or the miracle is in the joining with Jesus, the joining in the unity of that one mind that's all inclusive. And I bring whatever seems to be I think is lacking or whatever seems to be a problem. I don't dissociate from the problem. I just I dissociate from the idea that I'm separate from the oneness of God. So I welcome everything in. I bring it to love. I invite it to join in the party of oneness. And and it's transmuted and in, transformed into love. So it's it's by, you know, for me, it's all about whatever I think is outside of me, whatever I think is hurting me or is separate from the truth of me, I just invite it into unity. I bring it into love. And anything touched by love, just like Jesus' garment, when the woman touched the edge of his garment, anything touched by love, I've come to experience as being the healing mechanism of the truth of who I am. So I'm sorry for rambling on so much, but this this um, section, Jesus really laid out so clearly the um, seeming problem of this when we disassociate with who we are when we leave the unity of our oneness. For we, there is no autonomous autonomy. We are one with God and uni, united with everything. And the only time I slip and fall is when I want to be separate. So I'm complete. Thank you for listening to all that. Amen. Oh, I, I, I love So it. helpful, Lena. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lena. Thank you, guys. This is Robin Marie. Oh, sorry. This is Robin Marie. I just want to get in before I go to work that, you know, there were a lot of W-I-L-Ls in this, in this section, and I'm trying to work on my will. And, and I went to a reverend here and asked her what she thought, and she said she thought the third option was right, but I still don't feel comfortable. So... I really need to sit and figure it out with God what it is that is not right in this will. Because when I pass on, I have a piece of property. I want it to do a good thing. And, uh, you know, so anyway, it was very interesting that that Source brought that into this um, reading today because that's what I am looking at <laughs> so thank you all of you appreciate it thanks for sharing thank you robert marie and thank it's you. so reassuring that he says you have but to ask you have but to yes. ask thank you yeah thank you thank you robert marie have a beautiful day thank you everybody bye bye hey one too willing God's will in the will. <laughs> I think I stepped on you, Chris. I'm sorry. Uh, please go ahead. I'm honored to be stepped by Laurie. Yeah, any time, Laurie. <laughs> it's an honor. Um, um, 
<laughs> is that modernism? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I appreciate being in this group and all the shares. My goodness. Um, from Karen, Robin Marie, Lana. It's, it's, uh, I'm really asking how I could, how I could be in ener same energy that was shared already because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let me see. All right, the lesson. There's so much that was shared. I need to focus on the lesson. Uh, I don't, <laughs> choosing to recognize a grievance has been solved in the mind. That's what these two combined lesson in one shares uh, tells me, that we could see the grievances have been solved in our minds. And I love what Lana said, that we could see that we are loving awareness that just is aware in the mind and not get entangled by the egoic thoughts that are coming in and feelings. And, 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 and we could, the answer is within, through loving ways of looking. That's the answer. Through joining, that's the answer. Through release of that grievances, that grievance, that's the answer. Because we're using time for God's purposes. Because God could show us what, we ha what would we need to do to use it in the moment. The moment is another factor. That's the answer. So we could choose to see that that we observe in a situation. Not so much for me the situation, but that that I'm witnessing about the situation. How is it being seen with the accompanying way of feeling about that that Lana so beautifully shared in her experience? The answer is here now within me to rapidly choose forgiveness, rapidly to, use, to choose ease and grace, which if I'm not already practicing that as the witness, I could rapidly move towards that in my heart center or any other practice of centering that we have. I love what the Course says, what impedes, impedes this. It's the belief that the problem comes first and time must elapse before it could be worked out. We do not see the problem and the answer as simultaneously in their occurrence. Oh my goodness, wait a minute. There's simultaneous, there's instant, in the holy instant solution? I, I had no clue before I read that and am starting to experience this. I love that it, it reminds us that we can realize that God has placed the answer in the moment that that way of looking appears and passes because that's what energy does. It appears, arises, and passes away. That's with any energy. Wait a minute. My feelings are the same energy? Holy Spirit says yes. So 
our Holy Spirit can demonstrate that this is true for us. And we, as we let him, and, uh, and I'm practicing letting him more and more in the moment, in the now. And I love the statement that it says, let me paraphrase it, we can now have the understanding that we could now be, by choosing it, the other way of looking. And that could be, that could be here now, because it's been taught already. Oh, my goodness. Don't mind my, my excitement about this. Tell me if it's a little too strong here. So the answer, that if we see a, a, a temptation, these are the application that we can use to resolve it and be clear in the now. Be in the not thinking level where Lana was saying. The answer to this way of looking is already given to us and we accept it and receive it now. What a beautiful response to the application of the answer. Oh my goodness. And when I say, oh my goodness, I'm saying, oh my God. Um, boy, I had an opportunity to practice this. You know, um, as I become more and more an example of what this is saying, I know that I'm gaining respect from uh, friends, colleagues, co-workers, and sometimes they come to me to tell me, oh, my goodness, look at what happened to Trump. My goodness, look at what happened in Nashville, Tennessee. My goodness, look at what happened with the military um, retaliating to Syria. And as I listen, one of the things that really helps me is to be in a meditative, prayerful state of mind as I listen and be the observer as much as I can. However, one of the things that I noticed just yesterday that I had an opportunity to call for help. And the help came in the form of fantastic adventures in trusting Holy Spirit. Faith, fantastic adventures in trusting Holy Spirit. Boy, did I need to go within and say to God, dear God, I'm observing this. I'm, I'm witnessing this. I don't want to spill this unto this person that's crying out for love. I'm crying out for love right now. Please help me. And I could tell that that was very faith-filled, the energy that I brought to prayer on that. Uh, I'm hearing a background uh, noise, but... Uh, so let it be. Who said that the other day? So, so let it be. Anyways, um, I, I appreciate when I said that, 
God giving me faith to hold in mind and remembering his power within me and remember the power within that person Uh and remembering his love and remembering his strength that I trust and and extending that to my my brother who was sharing Um, and remembering I love that our brothers and sisters in this group is sharing biblical statements in alignment with the reading because they're one and the same. I love what the Holy Bible says, God is our strength in which we trust. And we are like the mountain of Zion that do not shake but remain still forever. Oh, my goodness. Last, Matthew Thank you, our Father, for we are verifying now what Jesus says. We have faith and trust in your strength and choose to be free of doubt. And we now receive your loving and joyous will. And we're being given the strength to carry it out. Do this which is done to the fig tree. But also, if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. It shall be. What's that mountain that gets cast in the sea? Could it be the ego? What's that strength that allows us to cast that out of our minds? Can it be forgiveness? I'm complete. Oh, that was so perfect, Chris. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Oh, thank you, Chris. Good morning, this is Sandra. And um, the journey back for me was, was the, I don't know, all I can say was the purification process of loneliness. (laughs) And that, that was cutting edge for me. I spent probably eight years of my life in deep depression, wanting to be dead every day, asking God, please just strike me down, wanting to kill myself every day because I felt such deep loneliness. And then to find this, and that's how I found The Course in Miracles because life was moving forward. I had had put myself in this amazing house. I started a daycare in Exeter, New Hampshire. I... You know, I was able to pay my bills. I was able to live really beautifully. And I thought I would die from loneliness. That was, you know, and, and to find out that I'm, that, you know, this thought that if there's not a body that I'm alone, this this fallacy that if there's no body there that I'm alone, you know, and then to read this section and to know that there's only one problem and it's already been solved. And that's the problem of loneliness and there's no such thing. I can feel loneliness, but every time I feel it now, I counteract it with the truth. You're not alone, Sandra. You've got Holy Spirit all around you. You've got God's love around you. You've got, I mean, you've got angels and guides and, you're not alone. 
Just because there's not a body here doesn't mean that you're alone. And then to find out at the end of this reading that God needs me as much as I need God and that God is just as bereft and lonely without me as I am without her or him or he, she, all that is, Holy Spirit, whatever God is, the, the source, the infinite power of the universe, it's with me and it is me. I'm part of it. And then to know that the solution is my expansion, is my connection, is my cooperation with, with, with life. There's, you know, if I'm lonely, why can't I invite somebody over for dinner and have an interaction? Somebody would come over. <laughs> you know, there's ways to, why can't I go to a meetup and, and meet new people instead of, uh, you know, just sorrowing in this loneliness and not being able to get out of my own way because if I didn't know any better and I had to go through that purification process and it was the best, greatest, and best gift I could have ever had because it was through that eye of the needle that I did find my relationship with, with Holy Spirit and with God. And and I I not only found it, but I, I soaked it up, and I need it so much. I need you guys so much. I need that relationship with God. So much in that in, in that relationship with Holy Spirit and that relationship with myself, where every time I feel that deep loneliness, I can say, "Oh, that's not true." And what can you do? Now you got a hundred different. Once you say that that's not true, I've got a hundred thousand different ways to resolve whatever I'm feeling to comfort myself, just by expanding. So. This, these, this reading, these lessons, they're my lifesaver. You're my lifesaver. And I'm very grateful. I'm complete. I loved every bit of that, Sandra. Thank you so much. Oh, Sandra, that just made my heart sing. Thank you. I remember going through the same thing years ago. And boy, finding out that I can be perfectly happy being alone. What a gift that is. I'm never alone, never alone. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Jude. Good morning, everyone. There's um, one line in, a couple lines, well, some, some in um, paragraph 27, that um, light does not attack darkness, but it shines it away. And Christ's light goes with us everywhere we go if we shine it away with him. So the light becomes ours, and we can't abide in darkness any more than darkness can abide wherever we go. The remembrance of me is the remembrance of yourself and of him who sent me to you. So accepting God's will, God's will for everyone, is to be happy, joyous, and free, to recognize we are as he created us, that we're not bodies, and we cannot suffer sin, sickness, or death unless we choose to, that it's a choice, and it's a choice that's based on a, 
a mis- mistake in our self-appraisal, which is something that needs to be done. That's the salvation, and that is why Christ is the salvation of the world. His mission was simply to unite the will of the Sonship with the will of the Father by being aware of the Father's will myself. This was the awareness I came to give you. And your problem in accepting it is the problem of the world. Ergo, the lesson for the day. Everybody thinks they have all these problems because if they do, they're perceiving themselves as something they're not. And I love to talk about the past. Um, you know that that you know that that problem is believing in time, believing that we're bodies in 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 time, in the past, present, in the future, and that our continuity comes from the memories of the, that we hold of ourselves in, in being in bodies. That the that memory helps us continue the belief in something that we're not and and how the course says over and over and over you know that we are eternal beings and that our reality exists eternal in eternity changelessly that we are spirit purely mind thank you lana um ideas in the mind of god pure consciousness that we're not form we're not different in form that there are differences in form is undeniable. Nobody's trying to deny it. But that we that's not what we are is what is to be denied. Um, what love is not is what is to be denied. And um, so there's, you know, the changelessness of the love that we are. And, um, you know, that freedom is the only gift we can offer to each other. Because everybody is their own free will expressing themselves as they want to. And if people want to suffer, God's not going to trump their misery. So how can I tyrannize someone into giving up their own suffering? (laughs) It's the whole insanity and problem of the world. We're trying to save ourselves from our own misery making, and, and, and it's all an illusion. It's illusion based upon false beliefs. And that, you know, the lessons we're doing are um, in doing, undoing, undoing false perceptions that perceiving through the body's senses is, you know, validation for the world, which is not real in and of itself. It's validation. World, the world is propaganda for itself. And um, um, propaganda for a false belief in, in what is not true, which is not a fact. But I'll close with this, this um, true identification with Christ, the Son of God, which is one Son, all of God's creation, the Holy Spirit, which is the voice, the link of communication between, if there, is, there isn't any between it because the Holy Spirit connects it all. That's what makes it one, the, the recognition and the awareness that I have to identify with is the Holy Trinity, God my Father, I Christ as his Son, and the voice between us, which never is, can be separated, ever, because that's how God created us. So the awareness of the Holy Trinity is the awareness of my own holiness, 
the, the awareness of the totality of the holiness of my reality, which cannot be perceived. It can't be grasped by the mind, the limited um, separate self-mind. It's beyond it. But I have to acknowledge it and claim it so that its truth, its truth can be revealed to me. Everywhere It's in everything, everywhere I go. There's no place where it's absent. It knows itself as itself. This is what the awareness of God, being in everything, as everything, as myself. Love sees everything as itself. God sees everything as itself. This is huge. It's everything or it's nothing. I can make it everything and know or I can not know and shoot my shoot my life into a time wasting me and wa- time wasting me and me wasting time <laughs> being a nothing. Oh, there I go, there I go. I'm complete. Joy and happiness and peace. Amen. Well, thank, thank you, you Judy. Judy. I can just feel your excitement when you talk, Judy. <laughs> oh, yeah. energized you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Amen, Judy. Thank you. The wonderful thing about it is it keeps, it just, you know, bringing the totality of it in all its diversity and complexity gets reduced to one and even less than one. It's like nothing, but the nothing that holds everything because we can't see it. We just have to know it. We have to be it. Be one with it. No opposition, no war, no fighting, no denial of freedom of it, any of it expressing itself, no resistance or avoidance. It's like complete surrender, absolute complete surrender to love. Love being in love. (laughs) I am excited when I speak of it. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And Lemoyne, did I hear you in there, please? I'm here. This is Steve. Oh, that was you, Steve. Hi. I don't know if it was me, but here I am. And uh, I love that this, uh, I think it was 26, it says, if I am with you, in the loneliness of the world, the loneliness is gone. You cannot maintain the illusion of loneliness if you are not alone. Very recently, I was, uh, well, I had a girlfriend that lived with me. I used to go to the office, my own office, three days a week, and I'd see like 50 people in a day, and they would be helped, and I would help them, and they would help me, and I was a real, the opposite of isolation. And uh, then COVID came. Then I had my accident, and I sold my office. And here I am now physically uh, he, alone, not going into the office with all of the people, and I lo- they were my family, kind of, and my girlfriend's no longer here. My dog died, my mother died, and here I am, and the 
ego wants to embrace that separation, that thing that happened in the Garden of Eden, that archetypical story. We were not kicked out of the garden. We chose to see what it's like to be independent of our true self, of the garden that is always in our heart. And I notice myself, even with the Course, sometimes going into the uh, affirmation of separate, not only going for the apple, but eating it as uh, a bushel of them, on and on, like apple pie was like love, the ego loves that separation, eating of that apple, or whatever, it was a fruit. And so... Here I am in the middle of the joining of love in this ideal loving now and that is what God is my, uh, what do they call it? my curriculum is showing me. Look what you had and look what you have now. It's really no different. It's a choice. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. You know, that, um, something I realized about that suffering, that suffering is the longing for God, and that's, yeah. that's the, the, the closest we come to it, and, and, and I think that's why people enjoy suffering so much, because it's like you could just feel the longing for it is as close as that you can get to it without coming or totally surrendering to it and that's why people find God when they're in the the depths of their desperation or their loneliness or or um, their grief their grievances so God blesses us even there amen yeah I didn't know that 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 loneliness was really a call for God and I didn't realize that what makes me whole and complete and, and holy is my relationship with God. There's nothing else, nothing that can fill that, that void, nothing except God. And actually I was told, because when I was in the void, I did a lot of research on it, I was told that um, it's in everybody because it's, it is where, it's, it's that place because we always think everything is outside, I'm lonely, I've got to go get something out there. Well, really, it's about going in and, and finding the God within. And it was basically the best gift that God could ever give me. But it was hard. And I call it the purification process, and it wasn't easy. And, you know, I can still get sad and lonely, but it just it, it lasts, you know, a day or two or something. It, it, but not eight years. I'm complete. Yeah. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Well, that you know, God is God, and that we de- anything we desire or long for is a desire for God, and it's God's willing us to be happy by giving us everything. And if you really think about it, you know that that the desire 
it's the seeking of it, and, and when, when we get it, even if it be something as simple as a chocolate ice cream cone, the fulfillment of it is the satisfaction of knowing that we have it. So it's not the object that satisfies the longing. It's the longing has itself been satisfied by awareness of its being gone, and that God is already, always has been, and all, always will be already in me. That, you know, it's not the object that's making me happy. It's the ceasing and desisting of the desire. It's, it's knowing desirelessness itself. That's the constancy and consistency of the peace and happiness without contingency. That's it. <laughs> I'm complete. Thanks, Judy. Thank you. Uh, this is Chris. I'm, I'm, I need to uh, attend to an important appointment. Not that this wasn't important. I appreciate the shares, the depth of the shares, and the insights I got. People showed their love and their words. Have a blessed day. Oh, you Excuse too, me. Chris. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I couldn't hear what you were saying. It was all muffled. Uh, he was expressing his gratitude and um, the way he was uplifted, and he needs to um, attend to some business. So that was about it, Judy. Thank you, Lori. I didn't want to miss it. Yeah. Oh, what a great call and what a great reading. And yeah. how wonderful it is to hear how God reveals himself to every mind and heart. Um, this is the awareness that I came to give to you. Don't you just love that in paragraph 27? This is the awareness I came to give to you. I think um, this Lori and, and um, you know, how many times did we join with others and pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So oftentimes, um, before I understood that God's will is simply to love and have me accept his love. Um, I thought that term was scary and implied that there was something I had to sacrifice. But how wonderful it is when in the midst of my pain, my core issue, my, my epitome of suffering, you know, the wound is where the light gets in. It seems to be the universal story um, of how God reveals himself in the midst of the deepest wounds, the deepest suffering, the deepest loss, the deepest loneliness. Uh, it's exactly when he reveals himself, not because we're expected to be perfect to have his revelation. Oh, no, 
No, not at all. It's always in the midst of, I've gone as far as I possibly can and this suffering is unbearable. Please help me. That unequivocal desire for help is always answered. And it's always answered um, by love revealing itself. We call that Christ. The relationship of the Son of God, the Creator, to the creation and the acceptance of the created by the by of the creator that union that true relationship you know I always think of oh, I think it's lesson 195 love is the way I walked in gratitude and and when I do I, I think of it um, I used to think of it as I'm probably the least loving of all God's creations, and um, and for for someone to come to me and say, "Oh no, Lord, you're you're really love. That's your true will. That's what you really want." Um, I couldn't accept that from outside myself without it feeling like an accusation or a finger pointing at my very inadequacy. But that's um, that's not how Christ reveals himself. He reveals himself with just the simple, I love you. In the Manual for Teachers, he says, in the section I think is, does Jesus Christ have a place in healing? He says, I ask, I ask for love only so that I could give it to you. I ask for your love only so that I could give it to you. And so the, the, the question, the problem, is always a problem of separation. The answer is the atonement, of course. But to realize that that is my true will uh, is God's gift to the Holy Spirit. You know, all my knowledge saved for me that I might do my will to love. The atonement began the minute the minute the idea of separation entered the mind of God's Son, and it's been shining there on the altar in the heart ever since. And to come with my burdens, my divided will, my suffering, my pain, whatever it may be, to that altar and recognize that God's acceptance of me is waiting there in my heart uh, is a wonderful thing to wake up to. This is the awareness I came to give to you. I'm always reminded of um, it's an old story and you probably every single one of you heard it but it's it's very um, it's very very true this business of having two voices one voice telling me I'm this and the voice of truth saying no you're mistaken my child it's very true that there are those two voices so the old story you know of the grandson who goes to the grandfather it's as if there's two wolves inside of me one's good and does no harm he lives in harmony he always knows the right way and the other wolf is full of anger and injustice and suffering 
Which which wolf do I listen to? Which wolf am I to hear? The grandfather says, the one you feed. And that's all he's asking of me, is to accept his awareness of my truth rather than my own. Then we have all of this Course in Miracles, every lesson, an invitation to stop listening to that other voice. And the more, the more I tell my mind, stop listening to the other voice, the louder it gets. You know, I come, oh man, you know. Um, the light of my awareness, he says, is what you need to concentrate on. Be vigilant, only for God and his kingdom. Whenever you're sad or lonely, you've thought wrongly about some perfect soul that God created. And it comes to find out that that perfect soul God created is me. I thought wrongly of me. I named my problem and then I said, here, solve it. But I named it wrong. I named it wrong. The only thing I really want the only thing I ever want, my goal is God. Lesson 256, God has cared for us and called us son. Love is the way I walk in gratitude. When I remember that that's what I want to feed, I automatically forget about the other one. It's not a fight. The healing of my mind is the healing of that idea I must fight my ego. I only need my... My, my eyes to be focused on the light. Forgive myself. He has. He never condemned. The atonement is the recognition God never condemned. Therefore, he doesn't forgive. But I need to forgive myself and accept the truth. And then let the light lead me. I thought wrongly about my perfect soul, but God says your only reality is your perfect soul in a state of grace forever. This lesson review series begins with with that that will for light. That will for light. What is that first lesson? <laughs> there it is, right there. The light has come, lesson 75. Uh, will there be light? And the first one in the series is I am the light. All of that, all of that is the truth. And if I keep my awareness focused on the truth, it turns out I can't concentrate on two things at the same time. I can't feed two wolves at the same time. If I keep my focus on the light and remember the light has come, you are healed and you can heal. The light has come. You are saved and you can save. You are at peace and you bring peace wherever you go. Darkness and turmoil disappear because the light has come. I can't it's impossible to divide my mind. I think I have, but it can't be true because the atonement is on the altar waiting for me to look at. And it turns out the light of my awareness grows everything. 
when I look with the light of my awareness on anything I discover I love and then I remember how I am loved God is approached through love of his creation that's what it means to have my thoughts purified when I can love any part of truth any tiny part of truth I'm accepting all of it I don't have to love the whole world if I see truth anywhere I'll see it everywhere that's why God's law of love is this what I give my brother is my gift to me if I can learn to forgive my brother I learn I'm forgiven if I learn to see the truth in any brother I recognize the truth in me because it turns out the only thing that's real in this world and that's what this light of the world is talking about the gift of self the gift of capital self I can't be separated from my capital self I can't be it's impossible God didn't create that way it's impossible so when I remember the truth of any brother I'm recognizing the truth in me that's why the lessons of the Holy Spirit begin with to have give all to all when I give peace it returns to me it shines outward and I recognize pieces within me when I recognize the truth of you I'm recognizing the truth of me teach peace to learn it and finally be vigilant only for God in his kingdom and the light of my awareness on the altar will heal my mind and when my mind's healed it turns out the world is healed because the only split that there ever was the only split there ever was ever was the illusion of the belief that I could be separate or other than God in true relationship that is Christ the relationship of everything to everything father please reveal that to me let the scales fall from my eyes to recognize that the light of your awareness is the light of my mind and you dwell always in my heart and you know what um, my eyes just fell upon this perfect poem to close this recording but remember when we end the recording the call goes on it's a poem from Mary Beth Scalise called grace not guilt it is the eternal in you that heals your affliction even the body responds to the mind that rests in eternality come closer yet to forever which abides in you for I have come to rest in your humanity and make the finite an everlasting kingdom thy kingdom come is now here in the opulent present of intensely rich silence it is grace not guilt that brings us into his will it is grace that restores the eternal light of Christ it is grace that pulls you close and carries you across the line where darkness breaks here faith empties your pockets seeding fields of light with hidden 
inspired ideas, those thoughts you didn't think. Here, grace waters the sprouts of intention, so fragile, yet so strong. A power that does not push against opposition, but ever so quietly finds a crevice where light draws the soul up from the pot of darkness as love crows you. Who thought capital life would come for you like that? I didn't. I didn't know. But every time we share it, the light of its awareness grows brighter still. So thank you all for um, touching the one mind with us this morning. It is grace, not guilt. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Oh, thank you. Thank you.